Continuing the conversation on Noah Potter, a four-star defensive end transfer committing to the Cincinnati Bearcats, and who better to have on to help us go inside what brought Noah Potter to the Queen City than Russ Heltman from All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. He's on today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online is your number one source. It has you covered your number one source for betting that has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Don't forget if you're watching on our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, which is up to 108 subscribers, but we're not done yet. Far from it. So hit that subscribe button. You can also like today's video and share a comment. My my guy, my guest, Russ Heltman, likes that. And if you're downloading from an audio platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're getting your podcasts, don't forget to subscribe there too. You can also like and share, or, or I'm sorry, you can share a comment and or give it a rating on today's show and all shows. So today we're continuing the conversation on Noah Potter, the four-star transfer defensive end from Ohio State who just committed to the Cincinnati Bearcats. And who better to have on explain this to us? Than Russ Heltman from All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. So, Russ, just take us through what brought this intriguing prospect, former four-star um, recruit out of Mentor High School. What brought him down I seventy-one to the Queen to the Queen City? Opportunity. It appears for this uh, this former top three hundred recruits out of Mentor High School, one of the best prospects in Ohio. In 2019, he was an absolute force, 25-plus tackles for loss in his final season, 60-plus quarterback pressures. The guy was just a relentless fiend in that six-foot-five, roughly 275-pound frame. He just destroyed folks. And he's going to have an opportunity to come in. And I said in my uh, kind of roundup article yesterday, after the uh, the dust kind of cleared away from the initial news that he was committing, thinking that it, it, it's it's pretty likely he sees maybe a 25 to 40 snap diet this year in this rotation on a defense that ESPN, I know this week, came out and still thinks is one of the top 10 defenses going forward over the next three years, and that's the exact amount of eligibility that a guy like Noah Potter has. And that was released even before Potter committed to a defensive front seven that now includes, obviously, the incumbent starters and Jabari Taylor, Javon Briggs, and Malik Van. But you got redshirt sophomores and redshirt juniors, the likes of Eric Phillips, Dominique Perry, and Justin Whitley to go with Noah Potter and a freshman in Mario Eugenio as well. This is going to be a vaunted, hopefully healthy, well-oiled, and well-rested defensive line unit that I think could see a lot of guys be able to eat and show production, and Potter should be one of them. Uh, we'll see how he looks and starting in fall camp in a couple months. You wrote in uh, an article this week on All Bearcats that he's going to be able to rush the quarterback from the outside. How do you see him fitting into this defense, Russ? Because as you mentioned, it already has really good players coming back. You're going to see more of, hopefully, Jawan Briggs. You're going to hopefully – I mean, I look at the 
linebackers behind this defensive line. Wilson Huber, Deshaun Pace, Ivan Pace Jr. coming over from that school in Oxford. So where does Noah Potter fit into this, what's still going to be a really good defense? I could see him playing primarily on the outside in this 3-3-5 defense. I would, it wouldn't shock me to see him spot Jawan Briggs at the nose tackle spot on a few snaps here and there. But where he's really gonna gonna make sure that frame thrives at six foot six, two hundred seventy five pounds, is spelling guys like Malik Van, spelling guys like Jabari Taylor, and being able to work kind of on that hybrid outside edge rusher position slash five technique spot that uh, Mize Shanders operated in last year. Obviously, that was a crucial crucial role in this defense. It's not necessarily the most, uh, lack of a better term, sexy role on the defense in terms of overall sack production, stuff like that. It's a lot of interior mucking up pressure roles that allow guys like Deshaun Pace, allow guys like Ty Van Fossen, Jaheim Thomas, Wilson Huber to come in and get sacks. Uh, Deshaun Pace, if I'm not mistaken, um, one of the team leaders in sacks last year. So when you have that type of ability and you have a player with that much pedigree, in Noah Potter that can spell guys that already know the system this well in Jabari Taylor and Malik Van. I think it's really going to be another reloading aspect of this team where they can kind of, at least on defense initially, hopefully pick up where they left off more so than people believe they could after losing all of that talent to the NFL. Five or six defensive draft picks on that side of the ball. You mentioned that Noah Potter is going to play about 25 to 40 snaps a game. Does that mean he's a starter? Does that mean he's a rotational guy? What what does the the playing time and the depth chart positioning look like for Noah Potter, Russ? I could see rotational. I, I don't know that we're – there's obviously going to be starters. There's guys starting the game, and they're going to probably shake that out in terms of starter snaps where you're seeing those three guys I've already mentioned ad nauseum be able to uh, – be able to – go in there and, and and play 50, 60, 70 snaps, something like that. And correct myself here, Deshaun Pace, leader of an interceptions last year at four interceptions. And then uh, our guy Curtis Brooks with seven and a half sacks, making things happen on the interior. So that just goes to show. You got Mize Sanders blowing things up on the outside. Let's Curtis Brooks be able to look work a little easier, get off double teams on the inside, and get to the quarterback in the quickest path possible right there on top of the uh, center and guard. So – I think he's going to be in a rotational role, getting back to that question about Noah Potter. 25 to 40 snaps, 20 to 30 snaps. Maybe just get his feet wet initially in this defense and then see if he can really springboard that and do a huge role over the next two seasons because he still has three years of eligibility left after redshirting his freshman year and then having that pandemic bonus season and not playing at all last year, unfortunately, due to injury. Uh, an early season injury, and then he had to, to undergo surgery for a torn uh, a torn cornea or something. It was some part of the eye that was uh, <laughs> that was all messed up. Unfortunately, he should be all healthy, ready to go for some, for fall camp. So coming up, Russ, we're going to talk about how much this continues to close the gap in talent between Cincinnati and Ohio State because. The last four-star transfer to come from a Power 5 school to Cincinnati, Jerome Ford, I think that worked out pretty all right. Um, So we'll get into that. But first, I got to tell you about, and everybody listening to this, about Bet Online because our partners continue to be the number one source for your betting needs and sports info. Let me make sure I got our timestamp correctly, which I do. Find all the latest news 
odds and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for your, all your sporting, wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stayman, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, player rankings, and of course the big boards. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Alex Frank here with you today. Russ Heltman of all Bearcasts and Sports Illustrated, WMKV 89.3 radio host and producer. Russ, the talent gap between the gap between Cincinnati and Ohio State continues to shrink. I think with the transfer commit like this, what do you see? How much does this impact that talent gap? Because now You've got players who are saying, hey, if it's not working out for me here in Columbus, well, there's a school in Cincinnati that's coming off a playoff berth. I mean, I can go there. And not only that, Russ, I can develop into a a starter, an NFL prospect. I mean, that has to shrink the talent gap a little bit more, right? I think it shrinks it slightly. I mean, Noah Potter coming from Columbus. I, I think if you talk to any Ohio State fan, any Ohio State beat writer, any Ohio State coach, they'll look you a little cross-eyed if you say that this is narrowing the talent gap and say, uh, we're not going to miss Noah Potter that much in terms of the talent we have available to us in our 15-man deep defensive front. But what it does is, like I mentioned three, four weeks ago on this very podcast, with the transfer portal being as wide open as it is nowadays, Thanks to the uh, the lifting of that moratorium a few years back, you now have the opportunity to start to pick off some of these guys here and there. These four stars, like you mentioned, that don't get that opportunity. They can go succeed and see a place in a program developmentally in UC that has sent just sent nine guys to the NFL, just developed multiple two, three, zero star prospects and sent them to the NFL. So what I I think this this does a lot more to answer the question for UC than it does in terms of Ohio State falling back to the pack, if that makes sense. It does, but I will add this. Now you have, for next year, you're going to have, if you're a recruit in the state of Ohio, or anywhere for that matter, you're going to have, I can go play in the Big Ten where I can just be another player, or I can go to the Big 12 and I can stand out, especially like at a school, Cincinnati. Does that factor into recruiting, Russ, the fact that there are now two Power 5 programs in the state of Ohio? I think it does, and it, it's it just played out in the last 24 hours. Bryce West, arguably top – I mean, he is definitively a top three prospect in this state in the class of 2024 and arguably number one prospect in the state out of Glenville High School up in Cleveland. Six-foot, 180-pound corner, just – a do-it-all, can make every single type of play you ask him to, to make, and he can also return punts for touchdowns as well. Cincinnati just offered him recently, and they'll be in a neck-and-neck war with Ohio State, who's been in on the ground floor of Bryce West from day one, and essentially have most recruiting sites have them as a lot to land him. So that's, that's where I think things will start to really even playing field-wise. Sure, Cincinnati can grab – a four-star expat here and there, a three-star expat here and there from Ohio State that isn't getting playing time. And yes, that's nice. It's going to help your depth, but you're not expecting a player like that to be the difference maker and to be the one that that shoots you over the top to go undefeated again 
and make the college football playoff. But when they see the recruiting rankings continue to play out the way they do, these top 15 classes, the top 15 class that Cincinnati currently has, although no signing, so it's not really all that important until we see Penn put the paper, that is where the impact can really be made. And that that battle for Bryce West is a perfect example. Can Cincinnati, with Coach Kerry Coombs, in the secondary uh, as a cornerbacks as coach coming over from Ohio State, can they throw their hat in the ring and be able to get into some of these in-state recruiting wars over these classes in the next two to three years, as opposed to, sure, Noah Potter was a top 300 recruit three years ago and a few injuries ago, but he has question marks. There is obviously question marks surrounding Noah Potter or else his six tackles and pair of sacks in the spring game would have been more than enough just a couple of weeks ago for the Ohio State Buckeyes to plead and beg him to stay on the team and not move away. So that is where the real hay has to be made, and I think it will start to be made in 2023, 24, and 25, especially if they get this quarterback position right, they really, truly cement the reload, not the rebuild, and they're once again lifting that AAC championship trophy for what would be what a third, fourth straight season heading into a Big 12 that they would be fully expected as one of the top four teams in the league. Perfect example, Adam Rittenberg, the ESPN writer who put together the uh, top top defenses over the next three years. Cincinnati, number one in the new Big 12 among the teams that would make up that conference uh, five spots ahead of the Baylor Bears. So that is the big marker. That's what you're, you're putting yourself up against. And in terms of Big 10 versus Big 12, I don't think that's really a key factor. I don't think players care about that once they see Power 5 come across the dial. What they care about is how that Power 5 program develops talent, puts the talent that they recruit hard and make promises to in positions to succeed. And it's very clear over the past three, four, five seasons under Luke Fickle that they have built the foundation to make those claims and promises feel like they have as much weight as the words. Okay, so let me ask you this, because Kerry Combs, you mentioned him, and I played both sides of this. I said, okay, you're coming from Ohio State to Cincinnati. Is that is that a step down? But at the same time, Kerry Combs has been here, so maybe he's just coming back to a place that's familiar to him. Do you view that? Him coming from Ohio State where he was a defensive coordinator, now given he had to give those play-calling duties up early in the season when Ohio State's defense wasn't very good, but now he's coming to Cincinnati. And even though that's going from Power 5 to Group of 5, I don't really think it's that big of a drop-off for us. Is that right? No doubt. And I think he really loves Cincinnati. Obviously coached here for a lot a lot of years in the early part of the last decade. And it just seems like a guy who wanted to change, wanted to shake things up. You mentioned, obviously, it, it has to be a little awkward if you go back to that job at Ohio State after getting demoted and such a high-pressure, um, high high high-impact results type of business, you might you might be well-versed to get another fresh start. And that's exactly what he has at UC. He's one of their lead recruiters right now, flying all over the country, visiting kids in schools from Michigan to Florida. He's hitting the rounds throughout these spring months. So he's working very hard. He seems highly motivated. And it seems like he just maybe wanted to get on, not necessarily obviously the ground floor of something. This team just reached the highest heights they've ever reached as a program in January and carried it into the 2022 NFL draft last month. But it does still feel new. It does still feel fresh around the Ohio State Buckeyes versus a program or around the UC Bearcats, excuse me, versus a program in the Ohio State Buckeyes who 
breaking news today, just made Ryan Day one of the few nine-plus-million-dollar paid head coaches. There's an established identity there. There's an established expectation at Ohio State. I mean, look at the, all you have to do is look at the gambling lines. I'm pretty sure they don't have one team as less than the two-touchdown underdog against the Ohio State Buckeyes this year. That's the kind of expectations you face up there versus a place in Cincinnati where, sure, they want those expectations, but they know there's a path and a process to get there. And that all continues this year with hopefully another uh, AAC title for that team and then into the Big 12 where they'll try to carry that momentum. Well, and it's all, it was also just announced, uh, I'm sure you saw this, Russ, the college game day is heading to Columbus week one for Notre yeah. Dame versus o- at Ohio State. That's also going to be the Saturday night game of the week in week one. So that'll be on ABC. That should be a, an unbelievable environment up in Columbus. So how much, because – you, you've mentioned the Big 12 a lot. You mentioned Adam Rittenberg, where they have, where he has the Bearcats defense ranked once they move in into the Big 12. So how much is Noah Potter transferring here and what the Bearcats do leading up to the season and once the season starts? How much is it it's one eye on this season, but one eye on the future, making sure they're ready from day one once they join the Big 12 in just over a year? Well, I think it's an easy answer right there, and it's one that Luke Fickle would give you. If they start focusing on next year, this year will collapse, and next year won't ever happen the way they want it to. So they're a one-day-at-a-time team, one-goal-at-a-time team. The goal is to get Noah Potter. They got him in. They're probably still looking at other transfers in this window. Maybe they bring in one more guy, possibly, for the uh, for, before fall camp starts at the end of July, early August. So to me, it's always about the day at hand, the day ahead for this crew, this staff. And it's one of the biggest reasons. It's a, it's a cliche in sports for a reason. And it's one of the biggest reasons why they have achieved heights no other staff in the history of this program has achieved. It truly is like unbelievable for me to, and you to think about anybody associated with the Bearcats program and, those list, and you listening to this podcast the heights that this program has reached under Luke Fickle, it it really is because early on it was, well, they're now out of, you know, college football irrelevancy. Let's see if they can compete for a conference championship. Oh, that's, you know, we're doing that. Let's go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Oh, maybe we can go to the college football playoff. And now, Russ, I'm going to transition into this question. Like, we can now talk about, and this is how good last year's team was. You wrote about it in all Bearcats this week. You're given odds for rookie of the year in the NFL. And this is an award. This is an award that has only gone to two non-power five draft picks on both sides of the ball each since 1998. I mean, but that's where we are now. We can now talk about a Bearcats player being NFL rookie of the year. I mean, is that plausible? Especially for a guy like Sauce who could win defensive rookie of the year. Like how much validity is there to that? Very much a lot of validity, I think. Like Sauce Gardner is one of the top NFL Rookie of the Year bets that you can make right now. I think he's sitting at, I have it pulled up right here, ninth in odds right now among all rookies, 10 to 1, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. And it would be an interesting play. I'll, uh, I'll save those for my best bets article. I'm going to release probably in the middle of the depths of summer when we have a, basically no news going on. But Ahmad Gardner sitting there at 10 to 1. Very difficult for a corner to win the award. Only happened twice since Charles Woodson won it in 1998. Marshawn Lattimore in 2017 with the Saints. And then Marcus Peters in 2015, I believe, with the Rams. Yeah, with the Rams back then. So not only is Ahmad Gardner one of the best bets. 
Uh, or yeah, Marcus Peters. Yeah, he was with the Chiefs. That's right. Feels like, anyway, feels like forever ago. Right. I, what does he spend? He's flipped two or three teams since then. But uh, Maj Sanders also there at eighty to one. You got Darian Beavers, Kobe Bryant, Brian Cook, all also listed at a hundred to one. Obviously, they're the longest shots on the board, but they're still shots in there. And that's what's amazing is you go from sprinkling in two or three draft picks in the on day three for years and years and years with this program to Maj Sanders and uh, and Damon Gardner having top level rookie of the year odds plus guys like Kobe Bryant, Darian Beavers, and Brian Cook all sitting there as well. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce, fourteen to one and thirty to one, right there in the uh, in the running for rookie of the year as well on the offensive side. So it's it's very impressive that not only you're getting draft picks, but you're sending UC players into teams and then sending UC talent into teams with a chance to get marquee justification, get marquee showings in the NFL, become marquee players in the league. And that's something that has only happened twice in the past decade with the Kelsey brothers taking the mantle there. And eventually Bearcats players, when they get drafted, will come from the Big 12. So it will be more justified if there's a Bearcats player who wins Rookie of the Year this year. All right, so coming up, I'm going to ask you one question about Evan Prater that I brought on uh, this podcast for us earlier this week in my five bold predictions on the quarterbacks. So we'll get to that here after a word from Bill Park because I got to put this image in your brain. Imagine you're dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting and then you open your eyes and you realize, wow, that was only 150 calories and that contains 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. See, if you haven't tried these puffs, I'm going to tell you something because you know, I want you to know this. A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar, that's what it is. It's delicious-flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's only 150 calories, as I mentioned, and only 9 grams of sugar, but it's only for a limited time. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Ross Heltman of All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated joining me today. You can follow him on Twitter at, I always forget the exact Twitter handles. Let me pull up. Let's see here. You can follow him on, whoops, on Twitter at Russ Heltman 11. He's producer and host on WMKV 89.3 as well. So I mentioned this, Russ, on Lockdown Bearcats earlier this week in my five bold predictions that Evan Prater will be named the starting quarterback by the start of the season. And I, and I rationed this. If you throw him to the Wolves early in his career, if you throw him to the Wolves against Arkansas, by the time the Big 12, the Bearcats and the Big 12 rolls around, Evan Prater is going to be ready to take on any team on the road in the Big 12. Is that, I mean, is that right? Is that the right thing to do? Is that the best thing to do? Throw him to the Wolves against Arkansas so by the time the Bearcats get to the Big 12, he's ready to go? No doubt. 100%. I don't even need to go long-winded on this. Evan Prater should be, if he has the requisite talent that we all think he does, which from what I saw, not that much of a difference between him and Ben Bryant, a guy two, three years his senior right now in terms of overall passing ability, not even to mention the athletic ability he has with the Corey Kiner addition coming in, with the stable of horses at the running back spot that they have and returning all five starters along the offensive line with a veteran-laden group there, the amount of rushing attack ability you would have in that scenario. 
like it's a no-brainer to me. Unless he is an abject disaster in fall camp and it's just clear that he is not ready to play starting football in the AAC or in a SEC matchup for that matter, then sure. Then you should start Ben Bryant and let him take the reins through the maybe through the first couple of weeks of the season, see how Evan Prater does against Kennesaw State, see if he can build on that and sure. But I'm not I'm not forecasting that because I believe in Evan Prater. They brought him in as the highest rated offensive recruit in, in the 24-7 sports era a couple years ago. He's bided his time. He's paid his dues. And I think he should get that opportunity because if he goes out and stinks it up against Arkansas, then that tells you a lot. But if Ben Bryant goes out and stinks it up against Arkansas, I'll ask you, Alex, what does that tell the team? What does that tell the fan base? What does that tell anyone associated with UC football? It leaves them right back where they are, right back where they were, right? They don't have a quarterback. And that's not a position after the last four years with Desmond Ritter you want to be in. I look at it this way. Remember 2018. It was either going to be Desmond Ritter or Hayden Moore. Now, Hayden Moore had his moments. He had some good moments. I'll I'll give him that. 550-plus yards in Memphis. I'll give him that. Um, But two possessions into the 2018 season, it's like, all right, this is not working. And what what do the Bearcats do? They, They put Desmond Ritter in the game. And he wasn't great that game. He wasn't flashy or anything. But, damn it, the offense certainly looked better with him on the field. And you knew from that moment on he was the quarterback for the Bearcats. If Ben Bryan goes out and stinks up the joint against Arkansas, that tells me this. There's a ceiling with Ben Bryan. And now you haven't even thrown Evan Prater to the Wolves. And what's his toughest game going to be? Indiana? Well, how do we know, how do we know then he's going to be ready for the Big 12? Throw him to the Wolves against Arkansas. If he only goes 13 of 30 for 150 yards and two interceptions, fine. I can live with that. At least I know, okay, he can do some things. That's what it, that's what stands out to me. So Right. All right and so and the, on the flip side, one more ahead. thing on it. If you have Ben Bryant start the game, and this is no shot at Ben Bryant, but if he's terrible and you put in Evan Prater and you're down three touchdowns, putting him in that situation and the game's already gone, and the, and the perfect season's already lost because you you chose to go the safe route and play Ben Bryant, then once again, what did you gain? What did you gain? Especially if Evan Prater comes out there, it, hey, what if he turns the game around and they end up losing by one score, and then you're just kicking yourself the entire season because in the biggest opportunity to show that your program is still at that tippy-top level, even without all those NFL draft picks, you played it safe. And to me, it has never felt like this program has played it safe. They've usually yeah. made the right call in these situations, and I, I trust them to make the right call here. And that's why I think Evan Prater is going to be the starter. We think he should be. Now, do you think, because I remember four years ago, Russ, at Luke Fickle's first press conference, and you go to those, you get a media guide from, you know, UC, both team, the opponent, the opponent and the conference. And in UC's media guide, the depth chart had – Game notes, it's actually not media guy, game notes. You had depth chart, quarterback, Hayden Moore, or Desmond Ritter. So the quarterback hadn't been named yet. Do you think this year they're going to they're gonna officially say before Luke Fickle's press conference the Tuesday before the game, all right, this guy is our quarterback. Is it going to be that, or is it going to be we won't know who the starting quarterback is until kickoff in Fayetteville? I would probably lean with the latter. I don't know that I would tell anyone who the quarterback is going to be because it's it's a nice little advantage you have on the Razorbacks, especially given the fact that these aren't just two of the same skill set guys going up against they're in this camp battle. It's a dual threat quarterback versus a traditional pocket passer. And if you can make Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks have to think about one additional thing on top of all the things they're trying to figure out with Corey Conner and that rushing attack, 
then yes, I would I would wait until until right before the game. I I think they have to release. They don't even have to release the opening day depth chart. You can just go out there and snap one, make them find out. It's like a it's like a baby reveal, Alex. That's how they can do it on uh, on day one of the season. Yeah, that's in- interesting because I thought this was going to be something where okay. They're going to name their quarterback because it's a big game at Arkansas. We we want to know. The media wants to know. The fans are going to clamor to know who the quarterback's going to be. But I, I like what you're saying, Russ, and I'm pretty sure this whole segment that we just did is going to be my talking points on tomorrow's show. So thank you for that. That's, see, this is why I have you on every week. Russ Elman from All Bearcats. Is, yeah, I, I wish I wish we had more time. I, I got to run. I know you have to as well. But um, thank you as always for joining. I'm sure we will have you on at some point. Uh, you know what I'll say right now? Multiple points throughout this offseason. I mean, heck, there might be some breaking news, excuse me, after this episode. But Russ Heltman from All Paracats <laughs> and Sports Illustrated at Russ Heltman 11 on Twitter. He's also a producer and host on WMKV 89.3 in Cincinnati. Russ, thank you as always for joining. And uh, best of luck to you and keep the, the great stories coming on All Paracats. Thanks so much, Alex. It's always a great time. And you, uh, you know where to find me whenever you need me on. Absolutely. Russ Heldman from All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Keep the subscribers coming. We're up to 108 right now, but we're not far, we're far from done on the number of subscribers. So hit that subscribe button on YouTube, like, and share a comment on today's video. You can also Subscribe on an audio platform, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can share a comment and or give it a rating there. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors. Free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I will talk to you tomorrow.